da solo, bene, 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 Ciao Juventini, welcome back to the All Juve cast, where of course it's All Juve all the time. It's myself, it's Anthony, we are here to cover the 1-0, that was tight, victory against Lecce Fagioli, breaking through for Juve a la Del Piero as well, a fantastic goal. Let's take it easy. Fantastic. All all he forgot was the tongue out, you know, but everything else, uh, you know. That was was later Del Piero, not the young one, that was a later one. But uh, no, it was awesome, awesome stuff. Needed the result. Got it. Uh, great goal for Fajoli and great for him to make an impact. Everybody's been talking about Fajoli and playing time. So mm-hmm. it was good. We're going to get to all of that. We are going to tackle the news before we get into highlights and everything like that. Get you guys all in the loop real quick. We'll say what's up to everybody in the live. Mr. Bob Yogasal, as always. Ciao all. And hey, Max, winning is not defeat. Duh. Yes, yes. It is not. It is not. It is, it is not. not. He's right. Jeremiah, hi, guys. Besides the Saul's performance, what impressed me most about Fajoli was his mental strength. Snub since day one and forgotten. Must have been stressful, but took his opportunity perfectly. Bravo. And then we got uh, everyone coming else. Uh, ciao, hardcore Juve fans. Ciao, Miko. Raven Fajoli only played 45 minutes because Weston had the flu next game he will be benched again oh we were gonna get to that get to that and max's words but we'll bring in the third team member lex coming in hot good morning ready to go ready to tackle everything that is juve i'm just gonna remind everybody who um is tuning in on your audio outlets get over to youtube if you haven't already hey the road to 3K is there. We're less than 40 subs away from 3K. So share the channel. Let's keep growing the AJC Army and giving it everything we got, okay? We're going to look for 4K by season's end, okay? So that's the target, 4K by season's end. Everybody who's on the watch along with me yesterday as well, uh, massive thanks. Those are always a good time, okay? And I know that uh, a lot of people are actually uh, substituting me for Fubo. Uh, commentating Dels. now which is highly recommended Dels. there you go there you Come go on, oh that yeah the inter because yeah but it's a, but it's a great jacket it's a great jacket those old Stop school it, uh the campus you. you can't i'm you wearing can't a blue go. shirt do i gotta leave do i have to leave Dells? <laughs> Dells. Dells. uh keeping everybody Anyways. in check he gets like a little emotional keeping, keeping us on our toes i like that Fair i enough. like that Fair and enough. i think there was something we had to give away today or something Ah, it might come to me, but I think there's something we're giving away. Uh, yeah, I don't know. If it's that jersey, that's my jersey. I better have won that thing because I already called. I said that one was mine. No one else gets it. Yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of people. I retweeted and commented. Oh, I there's a lot comment. of there's a lot of DMs. Just give me that jersey. But yeah, it doesn't, doesn't right work like face. that. So good luck to everybody. I hope everybody did what they were supposed to do, which was drop a comment in the match day live video. That was very, very key. Do that. So yeah, but hopefully the winner tunes in and uh, claims it because if it's not claimed, maybe we'll roll it in. But no, without no. further ado, let's get to some of the news, everybody. So Illing Jr. Son of a. 
Welcome to Juventus and getting minutes because you're out for 20 days now. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's just uh, the way she goes sometimes. I mean, uh, it's at the point where I think all you can really do is laugh. Um, unfortunately, it's like, what do, you, what do you do? The guy starts to get minutes, starts to show some promise. And maybe Max also turning down New Leaf, which we will get to. But nonetheless, 20 days out for Ealing Jr. Sule was just cramping so no actual concerns with uh Sule everything okay on that end Vlaovic um everybody's talking about Vlaovic do not expect him for the PSG match and I think it's honestly in our best interest have him for Inter okay we need him for the Inter match so that's the latest on that front something that came out of uh the match yesterday which was Kind of bizarre. Ant and I were going over it. Uh, Ant, you can hit us up with this piece of uh, news that was kind of like weird to us, but we'll get into this. Well, I'd, I'd like to start off with that. These are grown men doing this. Are we talking about the, the banner? Yeah. G- grown men. So we, I'm sure people saw it out there. Uh, I'm just going to read it out. That way I don't uh, butcher this thing. So grown men that are Juventus fans wrote a banner after the game that said, so I guess there was some issues with how the how uh, the team celebrated after the goal. So um, you know, there's a banner against Gatin Pinsolio who stopped Fajoli at the end of the game to go and celebrate with the fans. We'll get to that. Uh, and it said translated to Gatti from you, we did not expect it. Pinsolio, we knew this about you. Yeah, it's uh... Lex. Did you see that? I saw it pop up on my page this morning. I didn't get a chance to read it, though, but I did see there was a banner. Let's just start with the goal celebration. How will we start there? And, and this was this was actually post-match. It was when the match ended that Fajoli was going to the uh, visiting mm-hmm. sector to greet the fans, and Pinsolio mm-hmm. actually was one of two players that stopped him, and I think Gatti was the other, because mm-hmm. they were given direction from the club to no longer put themselves in the scenarios that we saw after Monza. Okay. And a couple other games when we were during that stretch and we were not getting results. So for better or for worse, Juve decided, Hey, don't put our players in that situation anymore. The team has been doing their huddle thing after the retiro. They do that win or loss. They've been doing it before the game and after the game. Yesterday, Fajoli wanted to go to greet the visiting sector. He was pulled back by Gatti and Pinsolio. Then you see this banner here. And the weird thing for me, the one thing I can't get over is this isn't the first match that they've not gone to greet the fans. Like they haven't been doing it for probably four matches now. At least so four. why now all of a sudden it's this this thing? You know, like that's the part I can't really... I can't really gather. Um, but how does this whole banner thing make you feel, Lex? Like, how do you feel about it? Wow, yeah, this was the first time, like I said, I was hearing about it since this morning. And I actually wasn't even aware of, I didn't even realize that Pinsolio and Gatti had, like, stopped him. Maybe I was just caught up in watching his celebration, his joy and everything. But I noticed that when I was on my Twitter feed this morning, too. I saw some people point out that um, they had stopped him. Um, I don't know. I think that I agree with you, Al. It feels like a little bit out of place considering it's something that they've done in previous matches. It's not like a first time thing. Um, I don't know. I think it's maybe 
Fajoli got caught up in the moment, maybe forgot that that was what they were supposed to do, um, which was not go towards the fans right now. But yeah, just definitely an interesting situation all along. I mean, I think whenever they put out a banner like that, it's always they're trying to put out some sort of statement. So probably just points back to the like, elevated tension between them and the club right now. Yeah. It's, it's so weird. the banner yeah. kind of sums up what my answer is. You can't make anybody happy. You know, the team wasn't playing well. You go over there and they just hurl in. You have to stand there while they hurl insults at you. There was two games, Monza and there was another one, whichever the two were. Yeah. And they were just hurling insults at you. You got to stand there like a bunch of, you know, like a bunch of idiots. And then you do the, the, the retreat and then you, you know, you come up with this idea just to do the huddle before. That's fine. Whatever the players want to do. I wouldn't go stand there either. And now that they win three in a row, again, We'll put the competition side who they're who they're beating, but still, it's still three wins in a row. And the plan is to not go greet either home fans or away fans. So you can't make anybody happy. So as a team, they have to be united. It's unfortunate for for Julie because that's his first goal, right? You'd want to go celebrate with the fans, but it's just not not in the cards right now. It's it's weird. It, it's just like it's one of those things where it all it feels <laughs> like happy. it's always something. It's yep. always something right mm-hmm. now, you know, and even when the chips are down and the results, you're out of Champions League and then you add into the mix like the financial thing with the books getting checked and the investigation. Mm-hmm. And then now it's like you get a victory Fajoli, who's been, you know, uh, struggling to get minutes, whatever, finds a great winner and played it's well now something. It's now mm-hmm. something else. And it just it feels like that all the time. As far as I get like them making this decision the the one thing is they've they've come to this decision that they're not going to greet uh the fans or whatever just put themselves in scenarios to get this um lashing if that's what it came to or whatever but uh if fajoli decided on his own accord to go there and do that i don't think it's the end of the world i don't think no. he would have been reprimanded by the team because it wouldn't have been a negative thing because the team got the victory. He scored a goal and he went up to uh, the visiting fans. So I don't think it would have been this negative thing against team instruction if he went and did that. And regardless, is it to the point we need to make a banner and put it up at the stadium and call these guys out? Like, is that really what it's come to? I don't think that helps anything. And I, it's just like, I don't know. There's bigger fish to fry at Juventus than whether or not these guys greet you or not. Yeah. Is that a club decision or was it like a player's decision? Well, that's the thing. We don't actually have the details other than all I've seen is that it just said Juve for better or worse decided they were going to stop putting themselves in that situation. Mm. So Juve could be, players and management and whatnot or just simply management made that call but one way or another hmm. they're all under that understanding that they're not going to put themselves in that moment anymore so it's just a weird thing you know it's a weird thing and even us talking about it this much is strange weird. because it's just yeah. it's nonsense and it shouldn't it shouldn't happen it's all there's always drama but i personally do feel if fajoli made the decision to go and put himself in that Unless it got heated or something or wasn't going to be celebratory, then I could see Pinsolio and Gatti walking over there, grabbing him and saying, hey, let's get the hell out of here, right? 
Mm-hmm. But if it was going to be a positive, I don't know why you'd stop him. I don't think he would have Speaking been. Speaking of nonsense, you should see our group chat sometimes. <laughs> now, Some nonsense going on last night. The match. Let's get to the match. We'll start with uh, lineups and everything. Okay. Um, 4 4 1 1 is what we were going to mm-hmm. see. We know we had, uh, what, nine guys out Pogba, Chiesa, Ake, George, um, Paredes, Di Maria, Tishilio, Bremer, and then Locatelli with personal issues. So, you knew it was going to be interesting to see what he was going to put together. Four, That's four, amazing. One, one, I had to bring the list would... up. Sorry? I, I had to bring the whole injury list up, and you hit all of them. Oh, yeah, man. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, my wife can give me some instructions of things to do around the place. You think I could remember? No. Like, the, like a grocery list of four things? I'm only getting three. Oh, yeah, yeah. Three's the limit. The Anything over three, you got to write it down. Yep. That's the rule. Now, four four one one. Chesney and goal. Cuadrado, Gatti, Danilo, and Sandro across the back, and then mm-hmm. you're going to see Sule, Kenny, Rabio, Kostic, and Miretti playing as that central um, attacking mid, kind of linking everything up with Milik up ahead. Actually, said I liked it. I said I actually liked it. I was excited to see Miretti in that role, um, something more centralized too. Sule on the right side, um, getting a start. Good stuff. I was pumped to at least see that and see something a little bit different in the shape. Listed as a 4-4-1-1, but it's a 4-2-3-1. What you guys think when you saw the lineup? How'd you feel about it? Um, go for it, uh, Lex. Yeah, I agree. I was excited. Um, as you mentioned, I was mostly excited to see Miretti in that role playing like behind the striker and I thought like honestly I thought it looked like a pretty good lineup have a pretty decent half like you said considering the number of players we had out thought we still put something together I was excited that we saw Sula and Miretti we got to see two youngsters that earned their spot um in the starting lineup I thought that was really great I think like most of the other fans I was really hoping to see Ealing Jr. from the start too um just because of that impressive Champions League stint but I think that it was still a pretty decent lineup um definitely didn't end up playing out that way in the first half but we'll get into that yeah. but at first glance I thought it looked promising yeah and well, I fully agree just wanted to add into that it's good that as we go through, we hear about it, like obviously everyone saw the game, or if you haven't, a lot of the young players that got introduced, which is good to get some playing time, unfortunately for uh, Ealing Jr., 20 days. But with four games, we have PSG, Inter, Verona, and Lazio. We're going to have to use them all with all these injuries. So it's good that they got into this game. Happy to see it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We'll get to the game. We're going to recap the highlights, everybody, really, really quick. Talking points, and then we're going to get to everything in the aftermath. So first half, look, it takes 26 minutes for a bit of an opportunity. Quadrado flashing one wide. It looked like Milik was close to getting to it back post, but uh, no such luck. Is that a shot or a cross? I think he played it off like it was a cross, but I think he was having a hit, and it just uh, went wrong for uh, Quad there. Kind of how his season's gone there. But, yeah, takes that shot. It's always curling away, and then Milik almost gets to it, and he's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it was for you. No, that was for you. No, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Quad. But something you kind of glossed over there, because you already went to the 26th minute, should be noted if you haven't seen the game. We already had three yellow cards by that point. 
Yeah, so we that were going to get to the cards uh, for sure because the first half was uh, that's what pissed it me off four? is how it, uh, like undisciplined. So out of all those yellow cards, we got four in the first half. Okay, one of them was legit. Maybe. The other were pretty bad. Like you, you, no need to do it, but we'll get into that. Thirty mm-hmm. first um, minute, five minutes uh, later. Rabio takes a stab from 30 yards out, ends up being a worm burner right to the keeper. I'm on 42 minutes. You got a corner from Kostic headed by Rabio, forces a save, but easily parried away by Falcone. You hit halftime. Oh man. So halftime, I'm just a little frustrated on the watch along again because of the four yellow cards. And I just knew because Miretti. This has happened, and I said that in the watch on. This has happened to Moretti, and his was probably the worst. Um, completely unnecessary, that challenge he made late, getting that early yellow. It was 12 minutes into the game, Moretti's, and it was in the opponent's half. Mm-hmm. It, it just, you can't do that. And then for him to get upset when he ends up getting subbed out, you put yourself in that scenario, Moretti. It's not, I don't think it was performance related. It was the fact We've got guys on yellows and we need to make some changes. You're going to be sacrificed earlier than you like. If you're on a yellow McKinney ended up getting subbed before him, but that's, we ended up finding out because he wasn't feeling well and he's battling with the flu. So Fajoli ends up coming in at halftime. The one thing about Moretti's yellow was, I think he was trying to slide beside the player. And when you, you kind of cross those, when you cross your legs underneath his, his under leg caught his, caught his ankle, which is still a tackle from behind. I was more concerned if his raised leg caught the player's calf because that would have been a red card with a with a high boot like that. But I – and just let me finish my statement before you jump on me. I trust Quadrado and Sandro with a yellow more than I trust Medetti with a yellow because they know how to – you know what I mean? You, you can trust older players who are already riding yellow to have more sense not to get that second one. Medetti's yeah. just going to – you know, I I would have more fear with it, and that's probably most likely why he was subbed off. Now there's a couple take a in character. here um, in the chat. Uh, Jeremiah saying he should have gotten a red for that challenge. Uh, no, Mark agreeing with him. Moretti should have seen red. Do you two think he should have seen red? No. no. If there's more force, I think maybe, but I don't think he. Went. It looked like he tried to pull out of the tackle while he was look, yeah fighting into him. He didn't yeah, catch I him thought, with his raised thought, foot. He uh, caught him with his low foot. Yeah. yeah, I thought it wasn't quite aggressive enough for a red. And the fact that you enough. usually get benef- benefit of the doubt on first challenge, it was 12 mm-hmm. minutes in. So I, I didn't, I wasn't definitely feeling it wasn't uh, a red. On that. I was a what bit about worried the, though. There's a long pause. Yeah. <laughs> what so, about yeah. the tackle? I think they were checking that raised foot. That's why I liked yeah. But what about yeah. the tackle on Illing Jr.? Is that a red? Yeah, like I thought so. It's, it's, that was worse to me because he just he put weight. The ankles aren't Mushers. supposed to bend that way. Oh. Yeah, I didn't, and I honestly I wouldn't have called red on that one either. I think I neither would I. Yeah, yeah. So it's one of those things I wouldn't have called either one uh, Anyways, red to be honest. Stupid but yellow. halftime, I think we're all under the same thing with this Juve is creation and find those goals for me. Again, McKinney was trying like. This is one thing that I think was very much highlighted in this match. And it's not so much who the players are. It's how you use them. 
And that's mm -hmm. what highlighted and stood out to me in this match when you see Fajoli enter the game at halftime. McKinney is trying to splash the ball all over the place in the first half. And you're just simply that not that player. And when you're trying to be someone you're not, that's exactly what you're going to get. It was a horror show from passing from McKinney. McKinney and Quadrado on the right side is bringing me flashbacks of Sandro and Rabio on the left of last season. And it's like, we got to shut it down and find answers. And if the young guys are the answers until some other players get involved, then you got to figure it out because it just can't happen. It's, it's bad to watch, but McKinney in the first half has a double pivot. He can play the double pivot role. He just can't be the distributor in a double pivot role. Okay. So, Mm -mm. Rabio Fajoli should have been in that game looking back probably from the get-go and I think we actually probably win it sooner to be honest um, but he should have been in there sooner Rabio and McKenney rotate on one if we're going to move in a double pivot earlier uh, put them on one side to rotate Fajoli on the other Locatelli on the other side um, Miretti can rotate with Pogba once Pogba returns in that attacking mid role it's about finding roles and how you use the players, not who the players are, because a lot of what we've been seeing is just, here's your lineup. Here you go. These are your spots. Go out and make it happen. It, it doesn't, the game everybody. doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. And I think that stood out to me the most. Would you guys, what do you have to add to that? Do you agree? Do you disagree? Max? Yeah, no, I a hundred percent agree. I think that's what we see a lot of. And I think that asking players to do things that they aren't their best at. I think like we put our players a lot of times in that type of position and what you pointed out with McKenney, right? Like we have him out on the right wing occasionally. Now we have him playing this creative role in the double pivot and it's just not that type of player. And so then you're not going to see the best and get the best out of your players when you're putting in them, them in those positions. And I thought when Fajoli entered the game, like you mentioned, we saw that change almost immediately. As soon as he stepped on the field, he played that ball, he chipped in over top to Quadrado. And I saw someone mention, too bad it was Quadrado on the other end of that pass inside the box because it was a really nice, um, it was a really beautiful pass. But I thought that that kind of just exemplified it right there, that as soon as he stepped on, he made that instant impact and really changed the game for us in that regard. Yeah, I... I mean, you, you just see it happen immediately once Fajoli comes in there doing this things is, that these guys aren't capable. And go. go ahead. This is where I was going to go. So we got to remember it's Lecce, all right? They stink. So we could afford to make some mistakes. And our lineup was based on players that we had. Okay, Rabio and McKenny weren't in ideal positions. I, I hear you. You could probably could have started for Fajoli from the beginning. This is the comment here that I... I neither agreed or disagreed, but if this is what I'm pretty sure this is what Allegri said. If Fajoli was at a position and he does that against Inter Lazio, we're going to get burned for it because Lecce just isn't good enough to expose our errors, but those other two teams that we play this month will. So I agree that maybe Fajoli shouldn't have stayed back because he played better like up front ahead, but if he's out there just wheeling and dealing on his own, it's not going to work. But We're here's my thing. It. 
Why is Fajoli the one being asked to stay back if he's yeah, the one that could provide yep. the offense and the creativity? I, I agree with that. Again, it's what you're asking your players to do. It's mm-hmm. how you use them. Just bring defensive cover. Play with Rabiot or someone, right? Yeah, like it's just it's a matter of using your guys properly. I just I can't. Mm-hmm. And in the end, he's the one that ends up scoring the goal. And all your other guys, you're banking on offense. It's way too predictable. And, and Kostic has become a one step. I'm going to cross it in, hit it in, and we're just going to pray that it latches yeah, on to somebody. And I think he's capable of a bit more too, I would hope. But it, it's just, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. It uh, Were there moments where Fajoli was that grossly out of position though? And how much of it was game related? Because again... Leche, mm-hmm. Leche from the outset was to clamp down and sh- and just stop us from scoring and try to hit us on a run. So was just he necessarily mm-hmm. that far out and not playing? At, at some point, you have to look at what the opponent's doing. And yeah, if they're going to do that, you're not going to just send three guys up and break through seven, eight players. It's going to mm-hmm. be too hard. You have to send that extra wave and you have to kill them with pressure and keep putting opportunities and asking questions of their defense. I I agree with that. I and I agree that Max was playing players at a position. But if Fajoli pulls that crap against Lazio, it's going we're going to pay for it. So oh. either put him in the right position, Max, put him in the right position or don't even put him out there. But what I'm saying is it'll be a different game against Lazio because they will not clamp down. So he may not necessarily be in that position, like these positions. That's what I'm saying is that this game allowed for that to happen. And Max is looking at like, Oh man, no, he's, he's out. He needs to sit behind ahead of the defense. Dude, they're parking it, Max, Mm -hmm. like get your midfielders in there. And the guys that are creative, put them in and around the area, like get them involved to try and find that breakthrough. That's all I'm saying. Speaking yeah. of the defense, sorry, speaking of the defense, oh, yeah. again, I another game where Sandra wasn't an issue, Gatti played okay. The defense as a whole, tech played all right, no issues. Yeah, and we're gonna we're gonna get to all that and performances yep. and everything sorry, right now. We'll wrap up uh this uh second half here. So 47th minute, second half, much better from you guys. Has to be 100%. said. Much, much better. Start uh, getting opportunities. 47th minute in, uh, cross in, uh, headed toward goal. Milik just misses uh, deflecting that one in as well. 52nd minute, you get a great dummy from Miretti. Let's the ball go the distance to Milik. He then plays it to Miretti. Miretti slots it ahead for Kostic. Pass into Milik, and he tries to back heel this thing. Back post. Just stop it and smash it. I, I don't know if he thought there was somebody immediately on his back or there was no communication, but I don't know if you need to tell a striker to try and score from inside the, like he was inside the six. I'm pretty sure. Like he was right there. That one was shocking to me. Anyways, we carry on 63rd minute. Milik ends up cutting across the top of the area, having a short side shot. It was stopped by Falcone and then 73rd minute. Illing, again, uh, taking his man on, finding Fajoli. Fajoli ends up turning and turning the clock back, reminding me of, uh, you know, the Del Piero days. What a hit. It felt like that ball was in the air for 
like five minutes. I'm just watching this. Day. I'm like, is that curling in? Is that curling in? Because the TV angle made it look like it was just straight. Like it didn't even mm-hmm. curl at all. And I'm like, oh my God. Hits the post, goes in. Um, absolutely losing it. One nil. Get me the hell out of here, okay? But it doesn't end without a scare from uh, Leche as uh, Hulman in the 88th minute uh, smashes one off the post. And again, everybody wants to talk about certain circumstances, which we will get into, which is Max bringing in a third center back in Benucci when Sule started suffering from cramps, saying mm-hmm. he invited pressure and everything. But look, the way they got that opportunity from Hulman. It's a set piece, and it fell back to one of the cleanup guys, and he had a stab at it. There are not a whole lot as far as errors or anything from the team in that particular situation. Not a whole bunch from them. And uh, luckily for us, hits a post, goes out. That was as close as Leche would get. And uh, we see the 1-0 victory, third straight in Syria. What I've been saying for a month and a half, one game at a time. Take it for what it is. Let's talk about the positives and let's keep moving on. But uh, let's get your reviews on the match, Ant and Lex. And then we'll talk a bit about performances, who your individual man of the match was. Everybody in the live chat, get your man of the match. in. And also, if you haven't already, like the video. What are you waiting for? Hit that thumbs up. All right. And subscribe to the channel. Hey, we're on the road to 3K, less than 40. Let's go. Let's go. Lex, you want to start us off? Sure. Well, that first half was, wow. Wow. I was sitting there at halftime. Like I, 45 minutes went by and I don't know what I just watched. Like genuinely. Well, you do. (laughs) It was like four yellow cards, maybe like, oh, near the end, we started getting maybe a couple more shots on target for solid, like 30 minutes. It was just four yellow cards. And that was it. A lot of just nothingness in the game and to the game and I was just sitting there at half like how are we going to get out of this like I don't know like I is this going to be another one of those games where we just tie zero zero we concede in the 60th minute or something and then Fajoli came on at halftime which ended up being as we saw in the circumstances McKenney was out sick and seeing him come on at halftime was exciting because I think that a lot of us have been waiting for him. You know, we're always like, we see him in advertisements. He's modeling clothing all the time, but he's not playing as much, right? I don't so, see that. You see, see that. I don't see that. <laughs> we see him in more like ads than we do on do the field. Okay. So I was really excited. I was excited for him. I thought, well, this is a great opportunity. And I just kept thinking to myself, like, use it. Use this opportunity. Like, this is a blessing for you. It's it's right here. And so, and he ended up doing just that. As soon as he stepped on the field, I mentioned it before, he played the ping that ball over top to Quadrado. And it was just like, I'm excited to see it. And um, then when Ailing Jr. came on, did the beautiful um, take on his man, took him on and sent it back to Fajoli. And he scored that goal. Like, it was just brilliant. Like, what can you do other than just say, take a bow, kid? Like, what a dream goal. Um, for your club and it was just wow first goal um, for him and just a dream come true for Fajoli so I think that that was truly a moment um, of brilliance and a moment of happiness amidst a game that was kind of lackluster beyond that moment but I thought that hey take the positives away from it I think a lot of the fans were super happy about that so don't let the whole banner and celebration situation take away from that right it's just 
kid who scored his first goal, um, kissed the badge. She was in tears. Like that's the type of spirit and the heart that we want to see from our players. And so I thought that it's really been the game of the youngsters the last two games here. So I think good for them, good for Fagioli. And that was my main takeaway. For sure. <laughs> I'm laughing at this comment here uh, for man of the match. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, that's, that's gold. Uh, Anthony, your review on the game and then man of the match. Oh, Lex, man of the oh, match for Jolie. Jolie. Yeah. Not easy to do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, Fajoli could have been crying because he knows he's going to be sitting on the bench for the next 14 <laughs> matches. So let's not forget that. So, yeah, the first half for me, again, was disconnected. When you have four yellow cards, that means that you're playing you're playing without the ball against a team that stinks. Like you're chasing, you're, you're making mistakes, mental mistakes, right? Like those four yellows, normally a team like Lecce is going to have three or four yellows by halftime because they're chasing, they're making errors, they're tired. No excuses for that. Like we, we really dodged a bullet there because that game should have had a red card in it. The way it was going, and I never wish for a red card, but that's just how those games go. You take a stupid red, you're zero, zero. You end the game with a draw or let you scores a late one to lose. Right. So you, that was one thing that really frustrated me. And I try not to get frustrated when I watch this team, but it's not very easy these days. But again, better second half. The, the kids came in. They all played well. Defense was fine. I, I had no issues with the game. It, you know, it started to pick up. When they started, when we started putting pressure on them, I loved it. You know, just keep the pressure on. We weren't generating too many chances. I was super pissed when Keen missed that sitter header. You missed that in your summary. Like he's got to finish that. Yeah. You get one chance a game. At least put it on net. It's at least got to go on target. At least least on target. Force a save or something. Yeah. Um, You know, and I see Mark here saying with Tech and Padin. Again, Tech wasn't really challenged. Like, didn't really matter who was back there. We could have put Luca back there. It wouldn't have really mattered. But uh, all in all, great, uh, you know, solid performance away. Luca's a little too jittery to be a goalie. So... (laughs) It's, uh, you know, three points, need three points, got three points. Move yeah. on to the next one. We got, we got a tough one midweek and a couple, three so, big uh, league matches. But we're talking about the match. We're talking about oh, yeah. the difference of uh, first half to second half too, which stood out so much. And at the end of the first half, it was 65% possession for Juventus. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. Lecce didn't even have uh, an attempt in the first half. Okay. Mm-mm. No attempts. Um, Juve had six, two of them being on target. Um, and two yeah, of them being inside the area as far as attempts. In the second half, Juve ended up with a 62% possession, seven attempts, three on target, um, five of them being uh, inside the area for attempts and whatnot. So put a little bit more at them. Lecce got five total attempts to finish the game off. Those were in the second half, and a lot of them came late when we were trying to uh, just seal mm-hmm. the deal. Like Lecce honestly did nothing they are a team that will be battling relegation and uh you know we needed that uh to squeak in from fajoli to get it done so there's still work to be done but we're gonna get into uh man of match performances uh lex has gone with fajoli and yeah i don't did someone really i guess fajoli stood out no one really stood out for me this match uh rabia was okay medetti was okay he had a better you know after that yellow, he seemed to settle down. Milik, I thought was I thought Milik was doing a lot of work up top. 
I thought like, Milik was junk yesterday. Um, he didn't. Exactly. I thought he played yeah, a solid match. No, I probably would have gone junk, for him other but... than Fajoli. I had uh, three guys in the mix. If you were going to give it out, obviously Fajoli because he made an impact and uh, mm -hmm. ultimately found that goal. I thought Danilo and Gatti did uh, a good job uh, as far yeah. as maintaining uh, moments for us to keep putting pressure. Our gameplay doesn't allow that, but they clean things up rather quickly to allow us to get possession back quickly and then mm -hmm. just keep them under. The fact that couldn't keep them under or you know, take advantage of that uh, more often has to do more with a broader broader spectrum of style and system and everything. But I thought those guys did uh, everything they were asked to uh, quite nicely. But Fajoli ultimately gets it. You come in at halftime, make a big difference in how we play, and uh, found a goal. He gets it. Now, youngsters, the talk's going to be all about the young guys now and mm -hmm. getting them in, getting them in the mix. We also know that Chiesa is like day-to-day, -day basically, as far as when he's going to start getting minutes again. Pogba is not far off. Um. Are fans getting their hopes up on the young guys for them to just end up taking the back seat? Is what would you like to personally see happen now that they've kind of shown that they can help the cause? How do you want Juve to basically see this one out moving forward? See, it's it's November. Like, see it out the rest of the season? Yeah, like, what do you want to see? What, what do you think is going to happen? Can Max ultimately like change everyone's perception of him with the young guys and whatnot. Is this just happening? Cause we had nine guys out. You know what I mean? Like, is that the only reason we're seeing it? Is Max going to get to a point where he's going to use them in roles and they can see more minutes or is it just back to the bottom of the totem pole and probably see a couple guys out in January? Lex, I, I got to think about this one. I'm not, I... <laughs> <laughs> I think, I mean, ultimately, I think that if he wants to save his job, he's going to have to use them. I think that that's also the direction that it seems that the club wants to move in. They want to use these next gen players. They want to show that their project has been successful and that it's working. And so I think that part of that has come down to the whole having this project and this idea and wanting to implement youth and saying this is going to be our identity, this and that. And then hiring the hiring of max and then having you know um a coach that's notorious for not wanting to trust or play youth and youngsters and so it it brought in that kind of divide where we have like the management and the coach kind of not being on the same page again which we talked about that was kind of the issue a lot of times is not having a clear project or identity but i think that if this is the direction that they want to continue to take and i think that it's proven to be um, successful in these last couple games where we started to implement the youth more. We've been calling for how long for him to start playing these guys and giving them more serious minutes. I mean, I just think of that Champions League match where we almost went down. Um, I think it was almost 5-1 at that point. They missed a chance, Benfica, and then Max went and subbed in the young guys, like giving them absolute garbage minutes. And they just came in and almost turned the whole game around for him. So I think that it's going to get to the point where Max is going to have to have to use them and have to rely on them. So I do see him continuing to see the, um, the rest of the season out using these players. And I think that it also goes to show that I think our squad has that depth. It's always been there that we've been looking for. I know, you know, how we talk a lot about sometimes um, 
not having squad depth, always, always, all these injuries and just feeling like we don't have that team for us. And I think that a lot of those questions were answered seeing how our youth have played. I think that we have that squad depth that we've been looking for. I think it's just a matter of using these players correctly. Like they're there, you know, mm -hmm. yeah. that's kind of what I thought was really stood out to me these last few games. Yeah. Having the faith to, to go to them and uh, at least give them the opportunities to offer that something you're looking for. Anth. Okay, here's the problem. Here's here's the issue. And you and I say this every show. You got to take it one game at a time, right? And that's sort of where I'm thinking. I can't I, – I don't know if Max survives the World Cup. Uh, I don't think he'll survive the end of the season. But, like, how is this team going to look if Max is not – you're asking me how, how is this team going to look if Max is the manager here in January, which I'm not convinced he's going to be. So we really have to take it. These next four games are going to determine whether he's going to be the manager or not. So if he's the manager, I agree that the young players should play more. I get it. But do those young players play over Pogba and Kiesa when they're back and fully fit? Like, well, here's the thing. I don't know that. I don't know that answer. So but here's I, the thing. I don't, I would like, and I get I like what you're saying. Them. And I don't think it's a matter of calling them to start and be starters once everybody's fit. Okay. However, what I'm expecting is to stop running guys ragged and seeing them match in, match out, regardless of performance. So like McKinney, when McKinney puts five dog shit performances in a row, I don't expect him to get a start. And if it is Fajoli, whose name is on that list, let's go with it. And I don't care who okay. the opponent is. I don't care if it's Inter. I don't care if it's Lazio. I don't care if it's Napoli. If you're putting, if you're not helping the cause then you've got to go to the back and it's the next man up. And that's what I need to see. And I feel like Max is too – it's always experience. It's always the same guys that he feels comfortable mm -hmm. with for whatever reasons it is. But I feel that that's wrong. And then Kostic on the left side. Ealing Jr. has provided uh, you with an option to give this man some rest too because mm -hmm. he's almost played every single minute since he's come uh, over to Juventus. That's true. And it's stop running our guys ragged. You have a team that has injury issues at the best of times. And this offers you uh, some peace of mind that, hey, you know what? These guys can hang and they can help. I'm not saying, hey, okay, next match. Everybody's out there. Fajoli, uh, Miretti, uh, let's bring up uh, Barbieri. We got Sule. We got Ilingi. No. But what I'm saying mm -hmm. is, it's time to start rotating, keep guys fresh. And uh, regardless of uh, opponent, you can have faith in these guys. And the biggest thing for me, again, that stands out in this game, how you use the players, okay? How you use them. Who is the player you're asking to be your distributor? Who is the player you're asking to be your ball winner? Who is the one you want to be your main creator? All of that has to work. And for the love of God, I think I'm done with Quadrado. It's just something's got to, like, it's just over. It's over. Max has to figure out a solution. Um, and, again, if Sule can provide that and Danilo moves over to your right back position so that uh, Benucci, Gatti, Benucci, Bremer, once Bremer returns, whatever, I'm just done with Quad. I'm done with it. So Max, Max trusts quad defensively. And listen, I'm with you on that train. You and I 
we're not on that train. And I think Lucci, he has a lot to do with this, you know, change. But actually, no, it's just Juan's play. Lucci, I'm not giving Lucci credit for anything. Juan has not been playing well. But, Understatement of the century. True. <laughs> but in Max's system, in Max's, what in his vision, he's doing what he needs to do defensively because we, ha- we haven't let a lot of goals in in Serie A, right? You, you can't argue that point that we're not playing well defensively in Serie A. So in Max's vision, it's working there. But going forward, it's been a nightmare, man. It's been an absolute nightmare he's, for weeks he now. He stops so much forward progress on yeah. offensive plays. And a game, a game like yesterday against Leche, who's like, because you'll give you'll give a benefit of there the doubt is. when it's a tough so opposition, so... right? You can... <laughs> You can you can give benefit of doubt when it's a tough opposition, right? But when it's Leche and they're parked back there and you have the opportunities to quickly go and then you you stop, it's like it's like his brain lags like a Sony PlayStation, and all of a sudden it's just like uh, and then okay, oh, we're gonna try something here. It's like what's going on? It's like I'm literally playing real. a game and it's lagging, is watching Quadrado in the offensive phase. It's it's frustrating, but I think out of this, Max has to, has to have faith and use these guys. Now, a lot of people are talking about saving his job and whatnot and utilizing these guys. I honestly don't think there's any pressure from up top coming down on Max and who he uses and how much he uses them or anything like that. Everybody's going back to that. Remember that odd press conference with Moretti, Fagioli, and Sule? When it was talking about our young the guys and yep. integrating them and everything, and everybody's like, well, "Why are they doing this all of a sudden?" Yep. And then um, he didn't play them. Yep. It's, it's so. Is there a pressure? People are associating that with a pressure on Max to play these kids. I think mm. honestly, the only pressure coming down on Max has nothing to do with who he plays. It's all about results. That's 100%. the only pressure that's coming down on Max. Everybody. Yep. So. If you think, you know, doing this is going to ultimately save his job or anything like that, I personally, does he have a job to save? I'm even asking that question. Like, I think it's, I think they might already kind of be at a point where they, they might be having major doubts. Now, yesterday, (laughs) Aldrace on the match day live was in here on the chat and he said he would stick it out with Max and that it is in fact, the players, and that he would not because our players have won Jack, were his words, and Max has won a lot of trophies. Let's get into this. Does Max have a job to save? Can Max turn the tide mm-hmm. if, say, we finish top four comfortably and we all of a sudden are integrating young players? Can he save his job? Do you think there's a job there to save? Okay. I, I'll ask. I can I kind of... Tweak it a little bit and see what Lex thinks. Does Max, you almost have to put it in chunks, right? Does Max survive the World Cup? And if not, what results are, or if he, or if he does survive the World Cup, what results in these next four games turn the tides either way? Is it two wins, two losses? Is it, you know, other, forget the PSG game. Just forget. So we have nine points available in Sedia. If he gets, three points out of those nine is he done is it six like what is it i can't i cannot see any results that would 
almost get rid of him for the World Cup. Maybe, well, maybe there is. I think that if it was based on a like a particular result, I think we would have already seen him gone by now because there's already been disastrous matches That's good and point, results yeah. and getting knocked out of the group stage. Like there's already been these situations. So I don't know if it'll be any particular like one situation in these next last matches before the World Cup that'll do it. I think if he is gone over the World Cup break, I think then it would just have been planned by them, like just in general, just thought, let's get him to the World Cup break. We'll get rid of him. We'll take that time. We'll put an interim manager in. Like, I think maybe that would be the situation, but I don't know if there's anything that could happen because I think we've already seen, like, we've already seen these disasters happen for our team this season. I'm like, I'm not sure something could happen these next few games that would change that. I think that maybe, I think the Inter game and the Lazio game are going to be huge. Like, those are going to be big games for us. Intergame rivalry, Lazio top team right now. I think we need to win against a top side. It's been a long time. So you think there's no chance Max gets fired over the World Cup trip break? Zero chance. No, I think he does. But I think if he does oh, okay. get fired, I don't think it will have anything to do with the like the four upcoming games. I think it will just have already been predetermined. It's already been planned. Yeah. Like I think if he does get fired over the World Cup break, like they just already decided that now. I don't see Max being gone at the World Cup break. Not anymore. I thought maybe I think a month he's going to yeah. be there till at least uh, June. Mm-hmm. And this is a great comment from Dells because it says, was fourth the objective coming into this season? That's the question. But we know mm-hmm. that the excuse, what we've been fed, is that he hasn't had Di Maria, Pogba, Chiesa playing throughout whatever for me. It doesn't really matter because the guys we have are capable of more. I get, I analyze a little bit further and look at how he's using the players. And we've had guys, whether they're 19 or they're 30, I don't care if they have traits that you need in your lineups on that pitch, they need to be getting played. So I've always had that criticism of him for me with Max it makes me question the ambitions of this club. It really does because I think he would have already been gone at any other big club that we're supposed to be included in that. We like to include ourselves in that. Agnelli likes to include us in and whatnot. Any other of these big clubs, he would have not even survived up until this point. Uh, Yeah. So the thing with what Dell said is no, I don't think fourth was the objective because Pogba was healthy. Di Maria was healthy. Vlaovic was healthy. They were all healthy. Chiesa was really the only one out. And we were going after Kostic. So, no, I think the Scudetto was the actual goal. Uh, hey, listen, Max may be a great salesman. He may, have, may be able to sell a ketchup popsicle to a woman in white gloves. Like He may be that good that he can sell anything to anybody, and he's just selling his thing to, to keep his job, right? He, he might be that good, even though we're seeing like what – what the hell is going on in the field to management? Amazing salesman. You know, like those weird guys with like the brown suits at the used car dealership that sell you the 86 Pinto. Listen, and you're like, fine, I'll take it. Those guys. That's max. If <laughs> that's great stuff. If, if by some chance these guys come back though, and they struggle, he's got absolutely no leg to stand on. And that's Zero. that's his last saving grace. That's the last mm-hmm. thing that he can have because it's the one thing that he's been fighting the whole time saying, look, 
any team is going to struggle missing these guys. But the fact of the matter is you have other teams with significant injuries that continue to just keep the wheels rolling. Um, I I have trouble with the injury FC thing because some of these guys have been like out for months and they've been known to have been out for months. And then some we haven't seen play or play together. So it's like, I feel like sometimes we're like banking on this fabricated, idealized starting 11 from the injury FC that like we have no idea what it looks like or what it's going to look like. So I feel like that is also what worries me too. And it's a player coming back from ACL injury right there. Like that's, it's going to take some time to hit top form again. And I think that that's going to be just being understated right now. I think we're like, look, we have these guys missing from our injury FC. And it's like, I don't know what is injury FC good. Like, is this our ideal starting 11, even when everyone's back? I don't know. No one knows. So. Yeah. And as far as content, like we're talking managers, this is comes up all the time. We talked a bit about it on the really? match day live yesterday, but you two weren't on the match day live. So I just want to mm-hmm. get your quick thoughts. If the option were there, are you in favor of a Conte return in the summer? Yes. No. And you can elaborate a little bit. No. I'm a no. I'm a hesitant no because I think we need to think long term. I think Gonte is a good for like two, three years. Why why can't we just get a young manager, someone who's gonna ride this for seven, eight years? Right? Why why can't we think long term? Like clock. Like everything else with this business is thinking long term, you know, with the you know, the fans and the the logo and all this and the marketing and but the having a stable manager is very, very important. Like you look at Klopp, right? People say, Oh, look, look at him now, but he had they gave him seven years. I don't think we should give Max seven years, but why don't we just get a nice long-term manager? Like, look, RB comps, me and him, same boat. That that's and if it's a long young manager, if it's not an Italian manager, I don't care. Yeah, Dante, I think would be good for short term, and I wouldn't oppose it. But I, I my hope would be a long-term manager. Someone young, different with different ideas. Yeah. Lex. I've never been so divided. <laughs> like so divided. There's so many like pros and cons. I'm like almost split mm-hmm. like down the middle. Yeah. It's, it's like, I mean, I put it out like it's like he's the guy we, we need and we also do not need. Like it's just he's both. Like I think that there, there's one manager who's proven who's, like you mentioned, Al, left clubs um, better than when he arrived, who's brought clubs out of crazy situations and had them performing, and he makes, like, average players overperform. Like, it's Conte. Like, that's the one guy that comes to mind when you think about that. And he got us out of this situation before. He's proven. He's – so, I mean, like, you obviously want to lean towards that. Um, I think then I also agree with Ant in the sense where maybe we just need to – Rather than having Conte for short term and then looking for a long term manager, maybe just go for the long term manager and put that trust in that person. I think that's just hard because Juve's in this position where, like, we don't have a lot of gambles left to take. Like, this next coach that we try and line up for our squad, this needs to be the right decision. Like, it's we're kind of in a bit of a particular situation here. And I think Alex Juve there mentioned Gallardo, and I think that he, he would make most sense. Like, just in terms of managers and for what our team needs and proven 
having having one. I think some of these other younger guys that we names we throw around like Deserbi and um, Dionisi, Tudor, some of these other guys, maybe not as proven. So that's why it's like it, it's it's hard. It's definitely a difficult situation. Yeah. We look at Conte for me yesterday, like my thoughts were just, again, the PTSD of returns and I can't help but feel like Juve continues to try to recreate the past. And one Mm -hmm. of the lines I always use and in life as well, you're not going to move ahead if you keep looking at the past and you keep looking backwards, you're not going to get anywhere. So for them, I do prefer fresh ideas. I mean, and it's hard. It's hard because we all know the instant stimulus Conte provides to a club, to a team, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. second he shows up, the demand that's increased on the players and everything like that. The fact that he can get players and a team to pull above their weight, right? Mm-hmm. Like he can have them swinging above their weight class. Giacomini. And that's the thing with Conte that is so goddamn attractive as far as a manager goes because he can do that he can bring you that when you're talking about the clops you're talking about the peps whatever look at the money that they've been buried into those clubs and whatnot but if you look Mm -hmm. at his rosters and whatnot even if the money was there they're not up on par with those guys and he's swinging he's swinging with those guys right so it's there's a lot there to be desired however however as a whole, right now, and where I'm at, especially with Agnelli, and one of the reasons I've been harsh on Agnelli as of late is because he's been running things and he's made some decisions that I can't help but feel are ego-driven. And for me, once you start running your club, your business, everything in that manner, it's not it's not good. It doesn't usually bode well or end well, whatnot. But it's kind of like me, the LUV cast, eh, Lex? all this misdirection all this misdirection has come from him it's ultimately been his sake let's get a clean slate let's get let's let's get a sporting director in there and then whoever we name as the manager and i personally am intrigued by gallardo and dionisi if you look at dionisi's history too the build-ups are there the build-ups are there and that's that's kind of somebody we should be looking for. Number one, look at the players he's always had to do those buildups. Dionisi doesn't care, right? And young guys, no problem. Tudor would be an interesting one. But for me, like Dionisi and Gallardo, Gallardo, the question mark is Europe. And would you ever make that with a guy that hasn't been in Europe? Would you move away from Italians? It's going to be interesting. But Dionisi intrigues me to be honest and i would like a sporting director and a coach to come in fresh clear mind and work together and just be given a decent amount of time yeah to make something happen because i think we have a lot of young talent and they could put something together good if we get the right balance right you hit two good points there one sporting director need one of those so i know they've been looking for one so they need to fill that role the second one is you need to give them time now is anietly interested in giving an unproven manager time at the biggest club in Italy. I don't right? care because he needs to just go run the business side in the back. So I don't care. I, yeah, but that's neither here nor there because he's he's ultimately going to be have a Look, hand in that decision. So. At a sporting director for since last summer, um, not this past one, the one before. <clears throat> like it's going to happen, and I I'm, I'm shocked they haven't pulled the trigger yet. Okay, um, but. There's a sporting director coming 
very soon to Juventus. You can bank on that. And it it's shocking to me it hasn't happened already, to be honest. I, I don't think Agnelli is going to have the is going to risk uh, a brand new like a younger newer manager. I, yeah, that's what I'd like to see, but I I could see him going back to Conte before taking taking that risk. Of not a, riding the wave of a sporting director. What? I I like no going back to the manager conversation oh. of him like hiring like a newer like younger manager who maybe isn't as proven. You and I talked about this before. He's that's a big risk. And is Juventus willing to take that risk? And I don't think he's. Yeah, I don't think he's going to do it. It's going to be uh, interesting. We might, but is it is it riskier to continue to try and, you know, go back to the past and try and recreate the past? Like your players, your roster, everything's completely different. Mm-hmm. Do bringing those guys make sense to the roster you currently have? Like Max, we look at Max. What was the one doubt everybody had? The fact that we had so many younger guys, mm-hmm. is he going to be the guy? Like that was a big doubt amongst Juventini when he was named to return. And there was a lot of, I could think of so many that I interact with, like not only here, but on Twitter and everything that we're saying, because you and I, Ant, we know we can go back. And we said, I would have never guessed it would be this bad in his return, especially oh, second year. Not even close. First year, he got the benefit of the doubt this year. It continues in big matches to just be one failure after the next, and it's got to stop. But the one criticism everybody had was we're bringing this guy back with the young guys, right? So it's it's just going to be interesting to see. We've got Storm the Barn, though. We're going to get into it. Uh, there's quite a bit in here. We'll start off with this from Apex. Is top four still viable? Absolutely. I don't see why not. What? Yeah, of course. Yeah. They're, they, Napoli's, Napoli's kind of is going to be tough to catch. Milan's going to be tough, but everybody else, people are like, "Oh, look at Udi Dance and Atlantico clown shows." They'll drop out of the top seven soon enough. So, when do we really got to catch? Really, it's Lazio. Like, I think well, Atlanta was winning this morning, but they're a clown show. They'll fall off. Give it time. I think top four. Let's put percentages on percentages of UV finishing top four. How confident, Ant? Ninety-five percent. Ninety-five percent, Lex. 98%. 90, top four? Okay. 98%. Yeah. Top four? Oh, I don't know. Wait, Al, you go first. 100%. Forget it. I'm going 100%. Al, you go four. first. What are we even talking about here? I'm your- like 95%. I'm yeah. right there. I don't see us not making top four, to be honest. I don't see it. 100%. We're in there. Lex? Great question, though. Yeah. Right now, until we start... Alex. Beating so just to team, paint a little 75. picture here, as much as 40%, as much as we are, uh, that shocked me, as much as we are uh, <laughs> struggling and whatnot, okay, 22 points for Juventus, uh, Roma game in hand, 22, Inter uh, the same amount of matches, 24, Lazio uh, 11 matches, 24, AC Milan 26 game in hand. It's like two points. It's uh, it's it's tight up there. Top four, we'll get in there, but the big games will start to count, and that's where the, the doubts big, might creep right. up. So I can understand some being skeptical because mm-hmm. he's got to start getting the job uh, done there uh, in those big games. Lex, throw a percentage down. Come on, come on, right uh, now. This is gonna sound so low. I'm gonna say 
Oh, it's just, it's a toss. It's a 50 50 right now. For me. It is not a 50 50. 50 50. I don't know. I don't know. You stink. I need to see more. I still need to see more. I'm not convinced. It depends. Lots of, lots of variables. Is that the first AJC <laughs> on AJC crime of they stink? Does, does Lex receive the first you stink Possibly. internally? I, I know. I, I've given it to Luca. So. Oh, Luca's it to Luca. Probably, yeah. Luca is a safe bet right. to get 100 of those. Okay. All right. 50 50. Let's yeah. get <laughs> let's get to this. We're in intercolors, aren't you? Predicted lineups against <laughs> PSG and Inter. Will we see Chiesa, Vlaovic, Di Maria, and Bremen? No, I no, do not no. expect to see Vlaovic for PSG. Uh, Chiesa, maybe a couple minutes, nope. like a cameo, if anything. But if he doesn't get a cameo and whatnot, like here's the thing with uh, Inter that's going to be interesting. For PSG, it's very hard to put out a predicted lineup because. Yeah, I don't. Uh, we'd probably have to wait a bit to kind of see who's gonna all be fit and everything. But is that Wednesday or Tuesday? Man, depending on who's fit, are they just getting back? And you got to fire it through at Inter. For me, it's best player available. These young guys in the middle of the park. If McKenny gets over his flu, I wouldn't play him against uh, PSG anyways. Um, Rabio, are you going to need Rabio against Inter? Probably. Yeah. Yep. Probably. But what's your pivot going to be? Look at Delhi. What's going on with this personal situation? I, I can't know. find anything on it. And yeah. I'm, I'm afraid There's to I'm afraid to ask. Not a whole lot we it. can find here. Illing Jr.'s mm-hmm. out for 20 days. Um on the left side, Kostic will be out there. Moise Keane against PSG to save Milik and Potentially Vlaovic for Inter. I would probably go that route. Probably start Keane, to be honest, uh, up top. If we're going to play a one-man mm-hmm. up top, Miretti, I would probably have him follow up and play mm-hmm. uh, as your attacking mid. On the right side, again, a lot of question marks. Sule, if he can go, I'd go again with him. I'd go again with him. Miretti and Sule probably keep it to a couple youngsters, but but Jolie, if Paredes isn't in there, Locatelli isn't in there, um, you know, I'd like Locatelli in there. And then another two-man pivot setup, one attacking mid up there with Miretti. It's uh, it's tough. It's tough. But uh, two-man pivot is a way to go. This Regista thing, too, is, like, laughable anyways because our Registas touch the ball less than our mids in a full game when we play a two-man pivot. And they actually, imagine this, passed amongst each other yesterday, whether it's Leche or not, but... It's too hard to do these lineup things right now with so many question marks as far as who's fit. Would you guys agree? Yeah, I don't even know how you even come up with something. Like, who the hell are we going to put out there? The good news is that this game and the next game are both home games. You know, there's no really delay in travel. You can get guys into the medical facility pretty quick before and after games. So that's a positive, right? If you need any sort of treatment because we got it's going to come fast and furious here in november because i think november 13th our last game so that's two weeks basically we got to put four games in there so yeah it's gonna be uh no idea but rest assured i'm i'm leaning towards moving with this two-man pivot and one attacking mid it's Mm, not gonna happen yeah the this regista thing is like pain to watch all these guys be put in this position mm-hmm. and continually fall flat on their face. And it's like, just get a two man pivot, keep these guys back. And it gives you a little more stability defensively too. And just, yeah, I don't know. 
I'm, I'm done with this whole Regista thing and these guys having no vertical passes to even make whatnot. Put Emiretti as centrally. Let's talk about Moretti yesterday mm-hmm. because there was a lot of frustrations in his game. A lot of people ragging on Miretti and whatnot. How did you two feel about Miretti's game as a whole yesterday? I thought it was all right. That early yellow, I think, kind of derailed how he wanted to play. That's going to derail how any player wants to play. But I didn't. I didn't think. I saw some people on Twitter dumping on him. Now, the one thing, if he wants to listen to criticism from a guy like me with no knees, is when he's he's got to get that ball out of his feet a little bit quicker to take shots on net. He had a couple good chances. Both of them were blocked, but he just he didn't. He didn't get the ball out of his feet quick enough. Met, see, for John Fajoli's goal, he, see how quickly he turned and got it one step out of his feet and hit it? Meditti doesn't hit the ball that quick. If he can do that, if he can improve on that, lights out. Yeah, and that play where he cut in and then laid it to Kostic, who gave it to Milik, I thought he was going to curl that ball. I, was like, I thought he was going to take that hit that Fajoli mm-hmm. ended up taking uh, You know, like 12 mm-hmm. minutes later. I was yelling for it when he made the cut. He did everything right leading up to that. Have that hit. What he did still should have ended up in a goal, but obviously he didn't. But Moretti's game overall, I thought was okay. Second half, he was huge. He was huge. He's three at, years younger than Fajoli, right? Like three, something like that. Three years. Yeah, like Fajoli's older. Yeah. yeah, like about, by about three older. years. So yeah. let's just yeah. pump the brakes a little bit. And I'm to be honest, it. even in the first half struggles, a lot of the chances we did get and create, actually he was had Miretti and Sule That's right. as part of that build-up and that startup. So it's really hard mm-hmm. to be all in and giving mm-hmm. him that much flack. So I think everyone needs to take it easy yeah. on uh, Miretti. Yeah, Lex, your overall view on Miretti's game yesterday? Yeah, I agreed with both of you. You covered it well. I think it was just – I thought it was a little bit exaggerated, the criticism on him. I honestly didn't think it was that – like bad of a first half from him and i thought that like honestly no one looked good in the first half so i mean yeah yeah, i didn't have anything other than that i thought he turned it around in the second half like you said al and then really turned up his game but if a julie has a whole season okay was said you'd be under his belt but he Mm -hmm. played well last year right so let's he's more polished than uh than medetti for sure so give him time this next question storm the barn is gonna i guess lead Uh into formation talk uh, oh, which is no. good because this is a good segue to the Moretti thing because we saw him as more of a central attacking mid, kind of like a mm-hmm. Trick and whatnot, somewhat still hugged the left flank a little bit too much, in my opinion. But with Chiesa coming back soon, would you try Kostic as a left wing back? So I guess this looks at making it a 3 5 2. And Kostic has played left wing back prior to coming to Juventus and whatnot. If I look at the alternative, the immediate answer for me is, yeah, sure. Why not? Why not? Kostic as a, a left wing back. Do we think we're strugg- We're going to suffer too much defensively? Potentially the rest of your lineup would have to round out properly. But well, we're four, in, three, in that three, three as a left back in a four, three, three, maybe not. Probably not. If I want to play him as a left back with two center backs, no left wing back with three center backs, probably, probably. But Where does that put Kiesa in a three-five-two? If you have that formation right there. Well, what we're hearing is it 
probably wouldn't affect anything anyways because Kostic has been playing the left wing back in our three five twos anyways, and Chiesa's Ka- mm-hmm. tipped to play as a second striker next to Vlaovic up top. But if you go four three three, like what what's the thought? Like eventually a trident of Vlaovic, Di Maria, and Chiesa with Kostic as a fullback. Jeez. Uh, or as in that in that middle, I guess because lately in, in our three five two, he has been a left wing. Yeah, with a I'm lot of this... offensive, uh, you know, uh, leeway because of the three center backs. Are you convinced? I think the main thing I, I'm okay with Kostic over there. My concern is is Kiesa that second striker. I don't think, think so. Out, neither, I don't think he is either. No, that's why I think honestly. I, I'm okay with what we saw yesterday because it is basically a 4 2 3 1. Mm-hmm. And I would continue in that direction personally. Um, 3 5 2 came about as of late. We started getting results and it was better than what we've been seeing. But once you start getting these guys fit and these guys playing mm-hmm. in there, and even after seeing what some of the young guys can produce, I think it makes sense to kind of keep going that route. I would push for the 4-2-3-1, two base midfielders. I don't like how we play when we have a Regista in there. I don't like how we play the other two just abandon him and they just move so far forward and they take themselves yeah. out of the game. I I don't know. 4-2-3-1 or 3-5-2, what would you do? Lex? Like with the guys coming back? Yeah. Ooh. What do you think is going to be better for this team? Do you want to see them continue on with the 3-5-2 even once Kiesa enters the fold? Do you want to see us go to something similar as yesterday? I know his list is a 4-4-1-1, but it's essentially a 4-2-3-1. Yeah, I do like 4-2-3-1s. So I would say, like I don't know, just get the best out of Kiesa. I think you've got to keep him in that wing position. Yeah. Um, so I think mm-hmm. I'd, I would go with that still. But yeah. either works. It depends who you play. depends who's available and whatnot. But... Yeah, four, two, three, one. Two, three, one. Yeah, he's got to be engaged in those 1v1s and yeah. quick ball movement. Find him in those 1v1s and let Kiesa kind of take players on. As a second striker, I, I'm i not getting too hyped up on that. I mean, he Agreed. probably would get rotational freedom from right side to left side and be able to drift off whatnot, but I just I don't know. I don't know. Even Di Maria was playing second striker for us a couple times this season, and it was – it was weird. It was weird. You, you want so him to the, be receiving the ball facing forward, and you want to catch him on the run, driving forward. That's what you do on the wings. Like I feel like that's more difficult in the second striker role. Yeah. So the good news is, is that so if we're expecting everyone to come back in January, and from what we're reading here, I think Max is also going to have to be like tweaking the lineup. So we come back to Cremonese, Udinese, and then we're at Napoli. That's going to be a tough one. And then Copa against Monza, and then Atalanta, and then Monza, and then February, Salernitana, Fiorentina, Spezia, Torino. So other than the Napoli match, there's really room for experimentation, I think, a couple games to figure out what the best lineup is. So, I, And I think we're going to need it. We're going to need it based on who's coming back, who's in, who's in form, who's coming back from the World Cup healthy. That's going to be a big thing. So the schedule lines up pretty good for us to 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 tweak it if needed yeah 
Let's see, November's coming up uh, very quick here. We take a look at uh, the schedule. Obviously, we know we got PSG, Inter, uh, that Inter one. Jesus Christ. I don't want to think about anything but Need a victory. It. Beat Inter. Okay. Hellas Verona and then Lazio. Obviously, Lazio is the last match before hitting the World Cup break. Okay. And mm-hmm. uh, then we kick things off again January 4th against Cremonese. So the World Cup break too. Guys like uh, the Italian players, uh, you know, it well sucks. Rested. Italy's not in the World Cup, but rested, you know. A um, little bit of an advantage for uh, Juve in terms of the Italians and whatnot, but obviously other teams across the league with the Italian players as well. But I don't know. PSG, Inter, Verona, Lazio. Mm-hmm. Inter, Verona, Lazio. How many points we come out, do you think, realistically? Everybody in live chat, how many points do you think Juve pulls out of those three matches? Inter, Verona, and Lazio. Five. A win and two draws. Win and two draws. Okay. Lex, what do you think? I'm going to agree. I'm going to say five. Okay. We got some threes in the live chat. Alex, hot boxing his apartment. I see nine. <laughs> We've got uh, four, six, seven, five, six, four. I like it though, Alex. I like the positivity with the uh, nine. George coming in here with a nine too. That's great. I think I'm going six. Six out of nine points for UA in those three matches. Two of those are going to be wins. I'll let you determine which two are going to be wins. I think six points. And uh, honestly, I think six is probably like we need six out of those nine. To be mm-hmm. honest, anything below six is going to be uh, problems for Juve moving forward. I think uh, it's early on, and everybody's saying it's early on, but points are pretty important to us right now because because of how tight the race is up there, and you got to start getting the wins against those bigger teams. Okay, so uh, we got to get uh, six points minimum out of those. PSG, what are we looking to take out of this last Champions League? We know we're bounced out of there. We're trying to get third for Europa League and whatnot, but this is going to be a tough task against PSG. Obviously, them and Benfica are going for the top spot in the Champions League. This is going to be a tough one, like any way to slice it. Even if guys are fit, we're trying to find rhythm. You could see chemistry lacking it's uh it's it's tough i feel for a lot of the people that bought the tickets for the game that are now like kind of so deflated because we're already eliminated out there look make the most of it. it's always still great being at a stadium whatnot you're still gonna see class players and everything it's just make the most of it but this game rb comps pointless game mm. we've been talking about you, you know and i wanted to get into this psg game because if we have to go in with the youngsters and you let them play, I think even if the scoreline takes a turn and whatnot, it could be big for those young guys to play in a game like that and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And even if it turns like that, because, and really what it comes down to is the mentality of those guys and what they're being told. Uh, by their coach, by their manager from up above and what's bleeding down. Because if you treat it in the proper manner and these guys go out there and 
they do something, anything, whatever. Like even against Benfica, that was a big lift for them, scoring those goals. Whether it's in garbage time or not, mm-hmm. it's big because that that feeling amongst themselves, that confidence starts to pick up. Against PSG, there's something out there for a guy like Moretti to gain and really get out of it and whatnot. Illing, if he was fit, you know, but Sule, Sule has a lot to get out of it. So I don't think we could say it's a pointless game. I think there's something valuable that can be there to get a couple of youngsters in that lineup and just show them, hey, this is where we want you eventually to be. Like this is now you know where you need to go, what you need to get out of it. So I don't think any game for that matter is truly pointless. What do you guys think? Well, do we want Europa League money or not? Right? You have to assume you can't assume that Benfica is gonna go into Israel and get a get a win. There is a chance that they'll draw that game. If yeah. we lose and they draw, we're out. We're we finish fourth. So you have to go for a point. One thing, you have to go for a point and you have to go for not getting embarrassed in front of your home fans, a sellout crowd. So that's gonna be a big motivator too, right? So at least fight for a point. I don't care who you play. I don't care who's out there. Yeah. As long as they, like you said, as long as they show that fight that they show at the end of the Benfica game, whoever, whatever players bring that out, I don't care who it is. Put them in for this PSG match because PSG is going for points. Don't kid yourselves. Yeah. It's not points that they want to win the group. Yeah. Totally agree. Like if anything, play for pride. And like you said, Ant, if the youngsters are the players that are bringing the most of it, then play the youngsters. Play whoever is going to show the most heart and pride in that moment because it's a solo crowd. It's at home. Like I'd still like to beat PSG, whether or not it counts towards anything or not. Like be that team that stopped them from getting top in the group. Like be Mm -hmm. that team, be that upset team, whatever. Like it's something, this little things to go for. But I think there's a lot for the younger guys to gain too. If we're not going to have those uh, guys available and whatnot, there's a lot at stake for them too. Big, big amount of experience to come out of even one game like that. The fact it's at home. Yeah. I don't like to think any game is pointless to be honest. And this one, yeah, there's, there's some pride on the line and everything. Let's go out. This is another one interesting to be brought up because we have been talking about it since the elimination after a loss to Benfica. And that's would this team benefit from just solely being able to focus domestically? Copitalia. We know we have Monza January 19th. Mm-hmm. Um, God damn it. Don't lose twice. Do not lose to Monza again. But twice we've got weeks. Monza. Okay. In Copitalia. Would this team benefit from just being? able to just shift focus on that based on the injuries, based on everything going on, would that benefit them? I still think even in Europa, again, when you start looking at these young guys and if our game plan is to truly develop and do all that, there's a lot, there's a lot that they can gain in terms of experience, even in the Europa league. So, but guess what? We got a pregame and postgame midweek. So I bet you we're going to tackle those questions. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Thank so you. everybody, we're going to wrap things up, but I feel like there's one last thing. Got Where's it. my jersey? Your jersey? <laughs> yeah. It's on the wall behind you. There's like 10. Um, <laughs> a little bit more, maybe 15. 16. No, mine's sitting right. I can see it. It's right there. That's mine. Yeah. So mine's. we got a winner. We've got a winner. Okay. Mm-hmm. Somebody's taking this bad boy. It's bad boy. Camera's having problems deciphering if it wants to focus on the kit. 
for me. Camera looks my like my eyesight. Looks like Luca's eyesight. Oh, beer goggles, I call it on the camera setting. <laughs> Lou. Beer goggles. Poor Lou. How's Lou doing? I got to check in on Lou. Banners. Congratulations to the winner of this kit. Now, you have to claim it. I haven't seen this individual in the live chat. They were all over the lives yesterday. Okay. Mm -hmm. But here it is. Congratulations to. This is the YouTube handle, the King Isa. Okay, so you are the winner. Never of the seen that. Kit. However, congratulations! You have congratulations. to claim it. You have to reach out to us, and there will be a limit. If we hit the next match day live, and it hasn't been claimed, it's back in play, everybody. It's back in play, and also. Don't get uh, fired up. You're rigged. Yeah, relax. Come on, everybody. take it. Take, take it, it easy. easy. Take it easy. Jeez, We've given great. away like we well, we had three kits. Just went out when Bremer got deal because I didn't think it was going to happen. We did three kits there. This is the fourth this season already. It's early into the season. Take it easy, okay? I've got. It sounds like kits. everybody knows who this person is. I, I have no idea who this person is. We got rigged. <laughs> I got. We. Got, they obviously know who that is. Yeah, it's just going to stay here with me. That's yeah. just my alias. So we've got more <laughs> kits coming, okay? There'll be more giveaways. Relax, everybody. Relax. So, King Isa, reach out. Congratulations. You're the winner of the kit. Everybody else who took part in the watch-along yesterday, okay? Another investigation? Now see all you. Yeah, we we got too many investigations. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Take it easy. <laughs> a lot. Everybody who was on the watch-along with me uh, live yesterday, big, big thanks, okay? Um, amazing amazing time regardless of result, the games how they go with everything it's always a good time appreciate the support everybody like the video while you're here okay after the video is done recording and streaming drop a comment in there because it all helps okay and um last but not least for the world cup we're gonna have some fun okay you all are gonna choose an ajc team member without knowing what teams we have divided from the world cup and there's going to be prizes involved too okay so we're going to randomly draw teams and each ajc team member will be representing world cup uh competing nations and you pick the team member that you want to roll with okay and we're going to call it the ajc world cup ride or die okay so ajc <laughs> oh, no. world cup ride or die pick your team member and that's going to come up pretty soon we're going to have fun with that and you're going to roll with that team member. And we'll probably do some fun shows throughout the World Cup. And we'll follow these nations and stuff. But okay. that's coming up too. And no joke. that This is the first that Lex and I are hearing about this, by the way. So I don't know. how. Well, you guys don't have a choice. So this is really mad. Fair enough. We're yeah. in. Lex, we're in, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Let's oh, Lex, what if you don't get Argentina? You think Lex is probably shooting for Argentina? I have to get Argentina. I think Alex P rolling with the old man. Hey, I, I guess there's two old guys. What I mean, the oldest man? Sure. Skango. See, Gordon knows. I need Argentina. <laughs> All the jitters are going to roll with Luca. Uh, <laughs> Lucci's just going to have bots. <laughs> And uh, yeah, we'll see how it turns out, but we're going to have a lot Luke of fun. And then of course, November. Oh, I apologize oh. in advance 
for uh, the mustache, but uh, Movember is going to happen. We're going to try and raise funds for uh, obviously men's health and awareness. Okay. So mm -hmm. there will be um, donations that we're hoping to get out of that as we have a goal and target we want to try and reach. So all that's coming up. Everybody enjoy the rest of your weekends. We'll be back for the match day live ahead of the PSG match. And we'll get into more news and everything surrounding Juventus and see what our lineup's going to be and what to expect. And then Inter is the big one. Everybody loves the Derby d'Italia and we have to beat Merda. All right. We'll talk to you all real soon. Thanks again for the support. Pino Alafina, Orta Juve, King Isa. You have a couple days, my friend. A couple days, days, okay? Right. Everybody, take care. Ciao.